Yeah, not say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we're going to get into it. We're going to get all yes, of it. Let's do it. All right. You guys let me know when we're speeding. I'm going to do a soft intro and then I'll turn to you, okay? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling into another episode of The Candace Owens Show. There is a meme that I love about COVID-19. Is a patient going to their doctor and they ask the doctor, doctor, how long will these lockdowns last? To which the doctor replies, how am I supposed to know? I'm a doctor, not a politician. And I thought that was so hilarious and spot on given everything we have seen with COVID-19. It seems that this, this virus is quite political, quite divisive and interesting because you would think that we'd be allowed to hear more than one perspective from a doctor. It doesn't matter what you have, you're allowed to see another doctor for a different opinion. But what has been so unique about COVID-19 is that we have seen doctors censored, doctors shut down, doctors libeled, doctors smeared for having the wrong opinion. I have one such doctor with me today, Dr. Stella Emanuel, a physician in Texas. Welcome to The Candace Owens Show. Thank you, Candace, for having me. I'm really honored to be here, and I love you, so I think we're going to have fun. I think we will. Yes. I remember seeing this video, and I'm just trying to jog the memory of my viewers. There was a video that went absolutely viral, um, and it was right around the time where no one was allowed to go against the mainstream narrative, and we're all going to die from COVID-19, and they're acting like this is the bubonic plague. And there was a coalition of doctors standing and talking about their experiences actually treating COVID-19 patients, of mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. you sort of led the charge and said that you were having a tremendous amount of success yes. treating patients with hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. um, and wow. Yeah, that was a, a watershed moment. It was a watershed moment. Because basically, before then, everybody, I, I would say the whole world was locked down in fear. The whole world, mm. you know, because um, in the history of viral videos, initially when we started out, it was like doctors and then very soon they practically just clipped my clip and kept showing it over and over and Facebook jumped on it, was taking it down, Twitter was taking it down, YouTube was taking it down. The more they took it down, the more viral it went. But that was that was yes, the thing. It's like yes. I hadn't even I hadn't even thought to watch the video. And then because it was censored, so, mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, why would doctors <laughs> be censored? Yes, yes. I went to then go pursue the video and mm -hmm. people were emailing it around too. So forget yes. the social media. It was going it viral. Other, yes. Yeah, watch this. They're taking this and, down. You know, yeah, we're taking it down. It was, it was, um, it was an amazing moment. But, you know, uh, let me kind of say how it built it up to yeah. that. You know, um, I, I trained, I'm from Cameroon, West Africa. I've been in this country for close to about 28 years. I trained in Nigeria. Calabar, University of Calabar. I took care of patients with, um, we use hydrochloroquine, mefloquine, camoquine. We use most of the queens. We took, gave them to pregnant women, to children, to babies, to old people. So these are things that I'm used to. In fact, back home, our parents used to give it to us as we call it Sunday, Sunday medicine. Every every West African would know what I mean when they hear Sunday, Sunday medicine. Sunday, took, Sunday medicine. Sunday, Sunday medicine. We okay. took it for malaria. So we took it for malaria prophylaxis and everybody took it on Sunday. My, my parents right now, they are in their late 70s. They are actually on, they've been taking it for, for like, they've been taking flavoquine for for years just right. to stop to prevent malaria. So it was something that I was used to. It wasn't something that just came out of the rabbit hole. So because some, some people were like, well, the girl just thought about hydroxychloroquine and jumped on it. But um, so when COVID started, um, I was in Texas. I mean, my, 
my career kind of went all, all over the place. I practiced, I did general medicine in Africa. When I came here, the first residency I got into was pediatrics. So I did pediatrics. But when I finished my residency in pediatrics I, in New York, Bronx, Lebanon, I moved to Louisiana and I opened a pediatric practice. And then I started working in the emergency room, keeping my general practice skills, not just keeping general practice skills, becoming really skilled in taking care of urgently sick patients. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that for years. In fact, for the past four years, I actually stopped practice, clinic practice, and I just did ER for, for about three years. Mm -hmm. About this time last year, I, I opened a practice in Texas. And I think that, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm a preacher. So everything in my life is kind of planned. You know, people think I just showed up. I didn't just show up. Well, I don't think I've, you can. I've been you can't fighting just, this battle. You can't yes. just show up to be a doctor. So no. any idea I mean, that you came out of nowhere, nowhere yes, I mean, it is yes, not easy it, to become is, a doctor. Yes. It's certainly not easy when you're starting your career, your career in Cameroon, yes. Africa, tell me, tell me and then it. coming into America, mm -hmm. not a very easy transition. Yes. Uh, you've got you've got so many barriers ahead of you. You come mm -hmm. to this country, you do your residency, you do the right thing. It's mm -hmm. not so any person pretending you came out of nowhere uh, yes. apparently has people are like, oh no, she's not a real doctor because she has an accent. I say, yeah. And that's not funny, right? No, I, no, I, mean, no, just... I just told them that that's okay. I downloaded my certificate offline. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, that's true. I'm not a doctor. I'm, I just downloaded it online or something. Right. Or I play one on TV. You all just back off. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's been, it's been a lot. So, and then, of course, on the spiritual side, I've actually been praying and fighting for America. If people look back at messages I've preached five years ago, I'm talking about messages like, you know, fighting for the soul of America. Mm -hmm. We've been praying for this nation for years. This is, we didn't just show up. When you say we've been praying for this our nation. Our ministry. Our ministry, for, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor of Firepower Ministry, and our ministry members are like all over the nation, mm -hmm. all over the country. We, we have a prayer line that we've run for like 12 years every night. We've run that prayer line every single night for 12 years. Wow. And we've been praying for the nation. We've been standing on the, in the gap. You understand? So when this happened, it, it happened because it, it was planned. You know how it is that you've been preparing all your life for something? Mm -hmm. And then when it drops, everybody's like, oh, my God, where did you come from? <laughs> I've been trained for this. I've been prepared for this. When I told people that, you know, I, I had a, an interview, they're like, oh my God, they're going to come after you. I said, no, they won't. I'm God's battle axe and weapon of war. I'm trained for this. Right. You know, I'm not, I didn't just show up. I'm not scared of any of these people. I'm not scared of this diabolic and people. I do, and I also do want to, to point out the fact, and I, I always say this, is just the difference in um, the fear factor that I mm -hmm. think we Americans have, which is perhaps um, due to just the remarkable privilege that we're yes. afforded in this country mm -hmm. versus going to an African country and mm -hmm. seeing what people have to deal with. Like you said, we've taken malaria pills since we were children. I mean, mm -hmm. the diseases are rampant there, right? Yes, and yes. and so the idea that you would buck and be fearful when you hear about COVID-19, you're like, I'm was, I was, I'm prepared for this moment. Exactly. I'm ready to fight. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of doctors in America are kind of scared, of course, because everywhere here is hyper-specialized. Everybody is hyper-specialized. And then a lot of the doctors that are saying that, oh, this doesn't work, they, they all have a, like exotic specialties like, you know, plastic surgery and, you know, and like, you know, dermatology. They don't see patients. They don't see COVID patients. They've never seen any, you know. So, of course, they are scared. They hear about, they hear the, the narrative of, oh, this medication will kill you and then they are scared. But <laughs> hydroxychloroquine is like one of the most um I would say it's one of the most safest medications. Yeah, now let me, yes. and, and I'm SCK. pulling this from a book I read a while ago, but this is 
um, the origins of hydroxychloroquine, Some it comes from the bark, of right, in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used this literally, actually, when Fetsu. when colonialists were trying to get into Africa and they were dying, mm-hmm. thousands of them kept dying because they kept catching malaria. Mm-hmm. They eventually discovered in this bark mm-hmm. um, that they could take this and it would make them immune to malaria. So yes. this has been around for been a around forever. very, very, for very long time. Yes, yes. Okay. So it's been a, so it was kind of a little um, puzzling to me. I remember my mom telling me, oh, um, is chloroquine now different in America? Because I hear they say it's crazy, it's, it's dangerous. Is that not the same thing we've been taking here for a long time? You know, so uh, we had all this going on. So when uh, COVID hit, we were in, um, I was in Texas in February, about a, a good maybe 15 to 20% of my patients come from the Middle East, you know. And I was, uh, we were all scared. We got all, I mean, if you see the videos we did earlier, we looked like people from space. We had the spaceship thing going on, PPE, you know, white suits. We got the Tyvek suits, everything. We had everything. We were prepared not to get this disease. And then a, a pharmacist called me and told me that, you know what, they are using hydroxychloroquine in Europe. And in, in we're getting news coming out of China that they're using it. I said, okay, wow, that's amazing because we know this drug. So, of course, I went to dig a little further found out that there was an article in 2005 that was written under Anthony Fauci that this medication works. It not only works, it also, the, the mechanism of action, it um, it prevents viral uptake. Hold on, hold on, sorry. I, I want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. You're saying that you went back and you found an article from Dr. Anthony yes, Fauci. It was, no, it was from the NIH under Dr. Anthony Fauci. He under was, under yes. Dr. Anthony he Fauci was, yes. from the NIH saying this drug, works. hydroxychloroquine, works yes. works was, to do what? Works for COVID. For it was COVID. Like SARS-CoV-2. Wow. Not only did it work very well, in fact, he there was an article he himself said it actually worked both as a treatment and a a treatment and a vaccine. Because number one, it stops the up the uptake of the virus, it stops replication. And it stops, um, it, st- it opens zinc channels and allows zinc to come into the channel. So now this why was am I just hearing about them. this? That would seem like some really big, breaking, it's, mainstream media a, news. Yes, why am I just hearing about this? Because they don't want anybody to know. Okay. So when I, then, of course, I went and dug into, the, there's actually an article on the Harrison Book of Medicine. I've forgotten what uh, edition it was. And it was actually the whole mechanism of action of, the, of chloroquine was in there on SARS-CoV-2. And on coronaviruses, and you know, sometimes you say this is novel virus. This is virus is not just it's not so novel. This is a coronavirus. We've had them around for years. Right. This is a different strain. This is a but different we've strain. But we've had them. The flu is a coronavirus. A lot of the common colds we have is a coronavirus. They are mm-hmm. coronaviruses. So when when I saw this, I was excited. So of course, I jumped into it and I started treating patients. I I initially just took the malaria dose and tweaked it. So the combination that we use is hydroxychloroquine azithromycin, zinc, vitamin D, and vitamin C. And it was amazing. The results were incredible. If somebody come in within two days of being sick and I put them on hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and vitamin C, they got better within like 24 hours and 48 hours. Wow. These were like amazing results. Right. So, I mean, it was it was so amazing. I was so excited. So I went on Facebook and I started talking on our doctor groups. I said, oh my God, I'm using hydroxychloroquine. It's working. The patients are getting better. So you're being a doctor going, my yes. job is to heal people. I'm using this. I found these articles, mm-hmm. um, you know, that working. were done in the mm-hmm. NIH. Uh, the, the, Under the NIH, yes. The NIH, not the NHS. The NIH. And here we go. This and is amazing. This is great news. I yes. should want to preach this. Everybody should want this. And at the same time, and attacked. this was back in the time, mm-hmm. actually, when people were very fearful and didn't know answers, 
interestingly enough, and I specifically remember this in Nevada, the governor then, after the president says, you know, hydroxychloroquine works, um, they stop allowing doctors to prescribe it. Mm-hmm. That seems like a, a very weird thing to do. Yes. Because it, now, and I'm asking this as a doctor, if I'm, let's say I am healthy mm-hmm. and I start taking hydroxychloroquine, is anything bad going to happen to me? Not really. Not it's really. actually good for you. It, it has a lot of protective side effects. Okay. It's, it's not, if you are healthy and you took it, I mean, we took it, as prophylaxis were we for almost, malaria. Were we, were, are we low in stock in hydroxychloroquine? Why no, would a not. governor step to the plate and say, I'm just going to outright ban this and not allow doctors, mm-hmm. even if even if you're wrong, I mm-hmm. mean, what's the harm in allowing doctors to try and allowing patients to have this medicine? You know, when sometimes things happen and people say, well, that's a conspiracy theory. I tell people, even way before President Trump said this, Hydroxychloroquine was already controversial. In France, they, they actually, it, it used to be over-the-counter in France. Mm. They took it off over-the-counter in October oh. before the coronavirus actually hit. And then in February, they actually made a Schedule two drug. You know, so it's not that, this is not just about America. Wow. A lot of people think this is about President Trump. It's so way deeper. So this used deeper. to be over-the-counter yes, in they France. Took it off. They took it off. And when did they do this? Like in February was actually banned so it had to be a scheduled two, two drug. It needed okay. a doctor's prescription to get it. And of course, they will not let the doctors do it. It wasn't only me. Uh, Dr. Rao, a renowned virologist, in, in, did a lot of work. This is like a renowned virologist. He did a lot of work, saw a lot of patients. They attacked him. We had Dr. Armstrong, Robin Armstrong, in, in Texas, you know, he the, the doc, he took a, in Texas City, they had about 50-something patients in a nursing home, and he treated them with hydroxychloroquine and Zetromax, and I think out of the 50-something people, just one died. Mm-hmm. So we saw all this. This was like way back in March, April. Mm-hmm. So we were excited. So everybody was like, wow, people that, you know, those things encouraged me, but they attacked him, they vilified him, the bots came after him. I'm thinking to myself, this should have been become like uh, the standard of care in every hospital in the nation, in every nursing home in the nation, instead of uh, patients being sent home to die. Mm-hmm. But they vilified him, they attacked him, the bots came after him. and So it became really crazy. Mm-hmm. So the more I spoke up and they attacked me, oh, no, it doesn't work, you should do a randomized, controlled, double-blinded study. I said, no, that's unethical. You don't do a randomized study when people are sick. And you don't do a double-blinded study And when if I remember this correctly, sick, yes. at the same time that they're saying people shouldn't be touching hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. at the same time they're saying that when the vaccine comes out, you can take it. There wasn't even a vaccine, mm-hmm. you know, created yet, and they were already pushing vaccines. vaccine, this is going to come, and this is going to be fine, and you should be able to take this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does seem quite strange. Yes, it was strange. It, it was, is strange. It is strange. Mm-hmm. Right. There's something crazy going on, something sinister. Yeah, and I think that, you know— um, the people start are, are now asking a lot of these questions. You know, I I did a video because I had um, an asthma attack and mm-hmm. I went to an asthma clinic, um, and the doctor had my nebulizer in the room, um, and told me he could not give it to me because of COVID nineteen restrictions, yeah, and that me breathing would be problematic. So he mm-hmm. said he needed to call an ambulance. Had the paramedics show up, and the paramedics said, "We are, you know, can." I, they asked the doctor, asked like, is it okay for us to give it? To give it? Can you give her the nebulizer in the ambulance? Get into the ambulance. The ambulance said we are not allowed to give you a, um, a nebulizer treatment because of COVID nineteen restrictions in the ambulance. So you know when you're having an asthma attack, your lungs are closing, closing and closing yes. and mm-hmm. closing. Um, and if it wasn't for just you know chance, I had my car there, and the mm-hmm. ambulance allowed me to take it in there. I'm thinking, how many people are dying, are dying because of that? Because you're going against your Hippocratic oath, mm-hmm. and you're telling people who can't help them. They said there was one specialized room that only exists at the hospital mm-hmm. 
where they are allowed to give nebulizer treatments. And you know, that's so sad. Crazy. In, in, in our clinic, we give nebulizing treatments. Because, <laughs> you like, know, all my staff are on hydroxychloroquine for prophylaxis. We've right. been seeing patients. We hug them. We talk to them. Right. We're living a fear-free life. Right. And that's and I, I live a fear-free life mm-hmm. as well. And that is now considered extremely controversial. Mm-hmm. And they will demonize you if you mm-hmm. are not living your life in fear. Mm-hmm. And you see your family mm-hmm. and you see your friends. Yes. I mean, especially me. The, how dare you put your baby at risk? And I'm going, can someone join the statistics of babies that are dying <laughs> of COVID-19? Want, yeah, no, that's crazy. Right. And, and, and so... So it, this is very interesting. So I want to talk about um, sort of what happened to you because the interesting thing is that you're from Cameroon, right? You come to America. You're not in politics. Right? So you don't understand what it is when you are in politics where very quickly they will try to destroy every fiber of your being if you don't say what they like. And if you had remained out of politics, actually, you are mm-hmm. the perfect. They would put you on a platform. You're oh, yeah. an immigrant. Mm-hmm. You're black. You're a female. You're a woman. Yeah, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You've, you're a doctor now. You've worked hard. This is like... Dr. Stella Emanuel, here she is. We love her. But you say something and don't realize it's political. You Mm -hmm. say hydroxychloroquine works, works, which puts you in line accidentally with the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And And I actually happen to like him. uh, And all hell breaks loose. that was really, really crazy. Right. And, you know, he was. But as we started fighting online, we started having other, meeting other doctors that we're fighting to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this works. Why don't you want to t- take care of patients? This was like in March, April. And then uh, by sometime in May, I was like, this is not a science battle. This is a propaganda battle. This is a sinister battle. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I am done playing nice. You know, you cannot come into a street fight with a suit. So I took off the suit. Mm. And I would go after them. I would just attack them too. Like, oh, y'all want people to die. I hear one one year doctor told me, oh, you know what? I don't believe in hydroxychloroquine. I said, tell me what shifts you work in, what hospital you worked at. I can go back in every one of those shifts and tell you how many patients you killed. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, you're being mean. I said, I'm being mean to you. The patients you did not treat are dead. Mm-hmm. So that is how, so I got to a stage where I was like, you know what, this cannot be happening. You know, I'm a minister of the gospel. I cannot know the truth, see people getting well and just keep quiet. I cannot let Americans die. Mm-hmm. So I got to that, if I perish, I perish moment. By the time I got to D.C., I was at, if I perish, I perish. I'm just not going to let Americans die. I'm not going to shut the truth down and nobody's going to stop me. If they want to kill me, let them do it. I don't care. Mm. So that is where I was when I got to D.C. So this for you was a tremendous yes. act of bravery. Yes, it, was, it was, I'm ready. This is I'm the truth. I'm ready for whatever. I'm going to do the truth. And, and pay, I'm just going to simply price, tell people what, yes. I'm, what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And this should be okay. Yes. And it was not okay. It was not okay. But it was yeah. actually fun. It was, it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun, yes. So you went from uh, being a doctor who would have been celebrated as a black woman yes. to, being to being called yes, a names. demon sperm, demon sperm doctor was, yes, was, was the tag they gave yes, you. Yes, yes. And this that started was crazy. with Daily Beast, which is probably one of the loudest propagandists. Yeah, actually, um, I actually praised him for exposing our ministry. He did a pretty good job really sitting down and breaking out everything I do in deliverance ministry. And, and so that's and what's yeah, also so interesting about that is obviously the Daily Beast. They are very far left, very socialist, mm-hmm. you know, um, very propagandist. Mm-hmm. And what's very in- interesting about them though is that this is the same publication that routinely 
refers to Americans as racist, sexist, mm-hmm. xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you don't believe, believe in what they believe in, what, believe what they believe in, right? They so they are all about we want to promote black women, mm-hmm. and if you're from Islam, this should be cel- you know Celebrate this should this should be yes. celebrated. And then they start digging into your spiritual beliefs. Oh, Suddenly, yes. this isn't about your. They're not contesting they're not hydroxychloroquine. They're not, they're not contesting, contesting my anything medical. Yes. they're like let's actually look into her 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 spiritual beliefs. Yes. And this is timely right now because with the Amy Coney Barrett, uh, you see they're not asking her um, anything about about jurisprudence, about her qualifications. Mm -hmm. They're going into her Catholic beliefs. They're going into trying to make it sound like she was in a Catholic cult of some sort. Yeah, and and that is is good because she's standing her ground. She's standing her ground like you stood yours. I stood my ground. I said, you know what? I would say that CNN basically gave me millions millions of dollars worth of advertisement, free advertisement. Free advertising. You know, when they started breaking down that message and destroying it, it had maybe 175,000 views. Within a week, 750,000 views. People calling me from all over the world. Because this is stuff that I know. So well, I, because it know? didn't, when when I saw the video, I mm-hmm. was assuming I was going to see something crazy. Mm-hmm. It sounded like a doctor who had treated patients and was giving feedback mm-hmm. on treating the patients. Yes. So really, the, the firestorm was really just that they had censored this. Mm-hmm. And you weren't the only doctor. As I said, there was there were other doctors, another doctor, I believe, in California who came out and said what mm-hmm. he was seeing. And YouTube pulled his video down. Mm-hmm. And of yes, course, it made him, us, yeah, more, it made the, the video yes, more, viral more viral and more yes. famous. Mm-hmm. And nobody cared. I mean, I, I wasn't curious when that doctor in LA and his partner were talking. I didn't say to myself, well, I wonder what he believes in spiritually. I know, right? Right. I really, I wonder what he believes in, what, you know, what, what what scriptures he believes in because yes, that, that yes. has nothing to do with his prof- with his professional, professional life. life but i think when it comes to my life all things work together for my good mm-hmm. i could have gone to dc and gone back home and continued being a doctor that talked about hydroxychloroquine but they went and dug up my ministry so so cnn did a great job exposing my ministry, which is actually needed with the all kinds of stuff that's going on in this season. Mm-hmm. So you so sense, people, you sense yes. a spiritual battle. And I talk yes, about that. There, yes. I said that in the opening chapter of my mm-hmm. book, that mm-hmm. we are we are in a spiritual battle, battle because yes. and people whenever need it's what we good do. versus evil, mm-hmm. and, and I do, I 100% agree in your assessment mm-hmm. that this is a good versus evil, evil battle, battle yes. and that what we're seeing mm-hmm. is pure evil. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as someone who's Christian, I do believe that Satan is the author of, of lies yes. and deception, yes. and we are seeing... Our media act like a propagandist arm. Mm-hmm. They're lying. They're deceiving people. They're making people fearful. Mm-hmm. And fear is the mechanism through which they're able to control people. Control people. You know, when people are fearful, they lose all sense of reasoning. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, that moment at the Supreme Court, when I spoke, I came out and said, you know what, Americans, you don't need to die. There's a treatment. Oh, I cannot say there's a cure anymore. I can't even say there's effective treatment. Mm-hmm. Because Texas board was like, if I say there's a cure, you know, we got this part going out Texas board and eventually we settled that, okay, I'm going to say there's effective treatment and they will not they will back off and leave me alone. But they are still coming after some other doctors. So when I said this thing on, on, on that day, it, it broke. It's like fear was broken. The whole people had hope. Mm-hmm. There was a watershed moment. Something broke in the spirit. That's why I say I'd been praying and fasting for uh, for this moment. Something broke. That in the history of viral videos, no video ever went that viral ever, that fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like worldwide, all the nations, the the prison gate of the prison of fear that they had caged the nation broke. Mm-hmm. So they tried. They, it's like. Of course, you know, it's, uh, you know, all the CNN and whatever they are doing, uh, but they can't stop me because 
I was trained for this. So what so what has happened since that moment? Since that going viral, mm-hmm. you go back to Texas and are you still seeing pa- are you seeing more oh, patients? Yes. I've, I've probably <laughs> seen, we've probably treated over 2000 patients now. Wow. And we've had So maybe, this didn't hurt yes. your career. Oh no, it actually boosted my career. We got so busy when I got back home. It was so crazy. We we're having Reporters were packed in front of my clinic and patients were calling from all over the place. People were driving four hours to come see me. Even now, we're still having so much. I mean, patients leave the emergency room when they go to the emergency room and they don't want to give them med- People leave the emergency room with low sats and come to my clinic. They shouldn't do that. I'm not an emergency room. Mm-hmm. But they are coming to my clinic because they are scared of going to the hospital. Our hospitals have become a jail cell of death. Mm-hmm. People go there and they don't give them the treatment they need. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've had patients where we've had to get their families, fill hydroxychloroquine, sneak it into the hospital to them, and they take it and they get well. While they are trying, while they're just waiting. Now they're saying you can only get in certain states that you can only get hydroxychloroquine if you're at the hospital, which runs. No, actually, you can get it everywhere. In certain states, they're mm-hmm. saying, like, you it, you can't even get it with a prescription now. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I was talking about with Nevada. They mm-hmm. had put in place a law mm-hmm. where the but governor said you can't even get it from a doctor. Mm-hmm. You now can only get it if a doctor is treating you for COVID-19 and mm-hmm. decides to give it to you in the hospital. Most and I did a video laws, on how crazy. Yeah, that's uh, what crazy. was the, What was the point of that? And you know, I, I'm you forgetting know, I his und- name. I know what the point was. They wanted to give hydroxychloroquine at a time when it would work least. It, it wouldn't list. It yes. wouldn't work. Because hydroxychloroquine, from ju- the mechanism of action, works early mm-hmm. and as prevention. What I'm telling you, one thing I want to tell you, know, right now, everybody needs to get on prevention. You know what I'm saying? Because it works early and in prevention. So if America, right now, there is no state where it's, where mm-hmm. it's, it's it, there's no state right now where it's banned, yeah. technically. You know what I'm saying? So even no, they just create barriers. They just create barriers. Yes, yeah, to, we have pharmacies that will not fill it, but we do have a pharmacy. When we left, when we left there, um, of course, we started seeing a lot of patients. I had patients calling me from all over the country, and right now we have built a network, frontline MDs. Frontline MDs, you go to frontlinemds.com, a network of doctors nationwide that will take care of patients. Wow. That will give hydroxychloroquine in every single state. Where is that? FrontlineMDs.com. FrontlineMDs.com. Yes. Yeah. I don't think so, it's a bad thing to have yes, in, in your medicine cabinet. That, yes. So now everybody, I think you need to have a, a little stash of hydroxychloroquine. Right. There, is not, there, is, there, is, there, there is enough. Right. There is no shortage. India sent us millions and millions. Tiva and Milan, they all donated millions no shortage, and millions. And they're no stopping shortage, it. You know? And so it's interesting. Like I said, like this used to be something that colonists were just eating bark. And, and taking it and going in, mm-hmm. eating bark, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're, now you can't even get it behind the counter. Now in certain states, you can't mm-hmm. even get it. It's, I think his name is Governor Jay Isley, who then said you can't even get it uh, you know, from a doctor prescription, now you need to get into the hospital. And these barriers, going back to me saying having the asthma attack and saying you must go to the you hospital, to, the hospital yes. to get something that is so simple, nebulizer you know treatment. have died that's, because of that? That's what I'm thinking. And, and so I think of that and I and, – and, the question that I always ask myself is, first and foremost, didn't you guys tell us the hospitals were overwhelmed? Now you're sending every person to the hospital, right? Now you're kind, you're making the, the hospital the conduit you that conduit, every single yes. person must go through must to go get through. any kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. What happened to the hospitals are overwhelmed, right? I none know. of this, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, you know? they started with, you know, let's, let's, let's just, let's not overwhelm our hospitals. Let's flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, they just moved the, they just started moving it, moving it. And right now, we don't even know what it, what we don't even know what they're saying anymore no, right now. Like everybody go to the hospital the school, for everything. Lock down the school, lock down everybody. And I'm saying, America, we don't have to take this. Really, I've I've told people. I said, you know, the government is not going to be able to do this for us. The masses will have to arise. We've been going around doing rallies, you know, coming around doing rallies and telling people, no, you don't have to take this. You know, the masses have to arise and say, no, we're not going to.
going to take this. Mm. That's the only way this is going to be stopped. And of course, the next, the other thing we do is prayer. So when we left DC, there are two things we put in, in place. Number one, we put together, I put together the frontline MDs.com so that doctors, we can get doctors that want to see patients. A lot of doctors have woken up since we came back from DC. You know, the doctors that want to see patients can be able to see, it's a telehealth company. You know, something you can, you can stay here and call, see somebody on the phone in California, anywhere, anywhere mm -hmm. in the country. We do have a pharmacy too that will ship medications to everybody in, anywhere in the country. Since we have a lot of these big pharmacies that do not want to fill people's prescriptions. Mm -hmm. So we've put together the pharmacies. We have, say, and then most, a lot of the mom and pop pharmacies, they're pretty good in taking care of patients. So there is no, there is really no ban right now in any state. There's really no shortage right now. Many doctors don't want to do it, and many pharmacists don't want to fill it, but we do have doctors and pharmacists that will fill these prescriptions. The issue right now is that people have been so programmed, people have been so deceived that they don't think they can do it, and some people just think it's dangerous, you know mm -hmm. something. So the programming has worked. So a lot of Americans are dying. That is very needless. People don't need to die. It's two pills a month, Candice. Mm -hmm. Two pills. <laughs> two pills a month. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I'm at the point where I just think that there just needs to be especially now with COVID-19, a more wide-ranging discussion yes, about all medications, and we should all be able to just simply hear what different perspectives. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to hear you and your mm -hmm. thoughts, and I want to hear somebody else's thoughts and mm -hmm. say, you know what, this person thinks she's wrong, and, and I want to say these are two doctors who have different opinions, opinions and now I can right. make a decision as my by myself in a free country in as an individual country. if I want to go with this doctor or this doctor. Are and we still free? And I, that's the question. Because last time I was like, man, this feels like North Korea or right. something. Right, and that's that's what I think has, has really been the thing that is starting mm -hmm. to scare me is that I've never seen anything, any type of control like I have yes. seen about the discussion surrounding COVID-19, mm -hmm. surrounding the treatment of COVID-19, and surrounding the vaccine, potential vaccine treatment of COVID-19. America has never been this controlled. It has never been this yes. controlled. There's some, that's why I say that it's something sinister. Something sinister is going on. I'm writing a book right now. It's called Let America Live. And Let I'm gonna America be Live. Let America Live. And I'm going to be discussing even the deep spiritual things that are going on right now. Because, you know, um, when they, it's not even just really big thing. They think it's about the American election. It's not. I know sometimes Democrats think that, well, if this goes on, maybe it will help them. They're just being opportunistic. Really, this disease doesn't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican. It's not. This is about humanity. Mm -hmm. Because if it's about the American election, a friend calls me from the Bahamas. They're locking them down. They're not letting them take hydroxychloroquine. What has that got to do with the American elections? They're doing it in South Africa. They're doing it in Trinidad and Tobago and, you know, many other countries. What has that got to do with the American elections? So we need to know these things before we start taking chips that are going to change our humanity and then we cannot you know, make it anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We need to know these things. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that sometimes things get done in God's timing and sometimes it's not in God's timing. So that is why we're fighting. When we left, when I left DC, there are two things that we did. The second thing we did is that we started a prayer program. We've been praying every day. We're doing deep spiritual warfare, two hours, three hours. We're praying for America, fighting for the soul of this country, fighting that things will be exposed, that the deep, sinister things in the background will be exposed. Because sometimes when things get this crazy, only God can help us. Mm. 
-hmm. So we're praying, we're fighting for the nation, we're, we're building coalition, we're seeing patients. That's actually just what I've been busy doing. I know a bunch of my other colleagues are traveling all over, <laughs> doing interviews and getting there, but I really am just a clinician and I'm a, a, and a pastor. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is take care of people. Right. I, don't, I don't want my, my I don't want my fellow Americans to die. I don't want people. It, it hurts my soul when I see people that can't breathe. That's why I say a lot of these people that are talking, they don't see patients. They don't sit there and watch a diabetic come in, a 70-year-old diabetic come into your clinic, sitting and looking at you and thinking, I'm going to die. This is a death sentence. Then you, you hug them and tell them you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And they are okay. We've seen over 2,000 patients. We've, we've lost three patients in over 2,000. It's Compared to the numbers on COVID, that is clinically actually insignificant. Mm -hmm. And the three patients that we lost actually refused treatment. Yes, I'm saying we had a 92-year-old that said we, we treated her. She was getting dehydrated. We said, go to the hospital and get some IV fluid. She's like, nah, I'm mm. not going. I'm going to go to that hospital. They're going to lock me up in there. I'm going to die. I will not see my family. I'm not going. I'm going to stay here and take my chances with me and Jesus. That's what she said. So she refused treatment. We had a 46-year-old that really broke my heart. That day, I actually went on Twitter and said, my heart is broken. Because this young man, 46-year-old, diabetic, had a you know sleep apnea, you know, and morbidly obese, was sick, had corona. We started treating him. His oxygen was dropping. We told him, go to the hospital. He refused to go. Mm. He was borrowing oxygen for his friend. I said, go to the hospital. I mean, you've, you've been on hydroxychloroquine for two days. Please go to the hospital. He refused to go. Mm. And he passed away because he's like, no, if I'm going to die, let me die with my family. Wow. You don't know what I'm saying? That just breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. That people are scared to go. Do you know how many people have not gone to the hospital that have other diseases because they are scared? Mm -hmm. This is this is so if we if we make it out of this and the Lord tarries, they're gonna look back at what happened in 2020 and it's gonna be very sad for humanity. Mm -hmm. Because the things that happened could not even be humanly possible. Right. You understand? So how do doctors sit in the hospital? Patients come there. When you have an ear infection. You go to the hospital, they give you they give you antibiotics. They don't tell you go stay home till your eardrums are busted and mm -hmm. you can come back. When you have a urinary tract infection, they don't tell you, oh, no, no, just go stay home till your bladder is all busted up and your kidneys are, are, are about to, to pack up and then you come back. Mm -hmm. We, as doctors, part of our hypocritical is to alleviate pain and suffering. You don't, you know what I'm saying? So why would somebody come to the, to, the, to the emergency room that can't breathe having this disease and you send them home to come back when they are sick, sick, mm -hmm. sick? And they're being that protected. You know, because I asked that to mm -hmm. my doctor because right. he was so scared about how low my oxygen levels were that he called the paramedics. And I said to him, but the treatment is right here in this room. And you're deciding not to give me the treatment that is right here in this room, a nebulizer right here, because the CDC gods told you that if I breathe in this room, it's you, you can't have it. it. So you'd rather have me die mm -hmm. and abide by CDC gods and their guidelines um, than to treat a patient. I just to me, yeah, I'm not a doctor, but that just would go so against yes, every, every, every every instinct, human, every human instinct, even human instincts. Yes. Yeah, if I saw a person and I could help them, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, right here she is can't here's, here's the vial, right mm -hmm. here. I know if I give this to this person, this person's dying. I I couldn't imagine saying like. You know, sorry, but unfortunately for them, and I do want to defend doctors, and I definitely don't mean to attack mine. They're being told they're going to have their medical license stripped. You know, but that's the scary part. Candice, listen. They're being told that we, we already we already paid the price. Mm -hmm. You understand? We already became the four guys. Nobody's coming after anybody's license. Doctors need to wake up. You're going to defend your license over people dying. Wow. I didn't defend my license over people dying. I chose to fight for our people. Why are doctors? What are they scared of? They didn't destroy me. Why are they going to destroy you? They didn't destroy. They didn't destroy Doctor Armstrong. They didn't destroy Doctor Zelenko. Why are they gonna destroy you? 
We took a, an oath to protect life. So all this issue about doctors are scared of the license, hogwash. How many licenses are they going to come after? Texas board came after me, and I was like, you know what? If you come after me, it's going to be on. I'm going to fight, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And they didn't destroy me. That's right. Because, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. So all these things about doctors are scared. No, they are not scared. They are being murderous. Right. That's a, that's a great place to end. I, I always say, you know, there's no consequence for speaking up if what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, the consequences you can deal with, people mean mm-hmm. tweets, calling you names, calling you demon doctor, you know, calling me white supremacist. I, I can deal with, with name calling, <laughs> yes. you know, because uh, to me, um, the bigger threat is allowing the lie to continue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I want to commend you for that video for coming out and saying what you were seeing, which was just simply the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and wish you luck. And we wrap every episode by allowing you to leave a two minute face message for the world. So mm-hmm. you're going to look at that camera and you're going to say, Whatever you want, whatever is on your heart and whatever, even though you have been viral before, <laughs> uh, what you wish every person could hear in this country at this time. Are you ready? Yes. On your mark, get set world, I give you Dr. Stella Emanuel. Right now, everybody, all I would say is get prophylaxis. Get prophylaxis. Prevention is better than care. There's no reason for you to wait. And if you get sick, early treatment. Get early treatment. Don't wait until you cannot breathe. We can stop this pandemic in its tracks and pray for the nation because this is stronger than all of us can handle and we need God to help us. Thank you. God bless. That's a wrap. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.